It takes more than coming back from vacation, selecting all your emails, and hitting delete to be a great software engineer. This is episode 167 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your questions about the non-technical parts of the technical field of software development. And where we delete all of our emails. Oh man, Inbox Zero feels so good. I'm so productive. <laughs> Every day, more emails come back than I deleted the day before, though. So <laughs> yeah, we might hit capacity problems at some point. <laughs> uh, until I eventually get fired for not replying to emails, and then I'll be back to Inbox Zero. Oh, yeah. There's more than one way to reach Inbox Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about our wonderful patrons? Yes. Thank you so much to those that are contributing each month at the level that gets them a shout out. They are Matthew Voidovich, The Agile Ventures Charity, Zach Grannon, Tails, The Weird Orange Squirrel Thing, I guess, Luis Santos, Nick Cantar, Sean, Ivo Robotnik, Sonny Tai, Sonic the Hedgehog, Murray Rousseau, Chris Hogan, and Stanley Tactical Radio. If you'd like to contribute to the show, you may go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, tell them what will happen, Jameson. They will get a shout out on the show if they donate at the level that qualifies them for that. And also they will get to join our wonderful Slack team which is up to, I think there's 79 people in there right now. Whoa. It's a pretty friendly bunch. A lot of good discussions there. I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would, and I I thought I would enjoy it. Oh. It's cool. It's cool to talk to people. So it exceeded your already high expectations. It did. It definitely did. And someone made a logo uh, emoji reaction thing where it's quit your job, and it oh, yeah. pops a little <laughs> logo in there. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and every time I see it, I laugh. Uh, if you if you contribute now, you'll get your invite the first week of every month. So thanks to those who did. And if you'd like to, go to our website, softskills.audio. Yep. All right. I'm going to read our first question. This is from a listener named Mark. And Mark says, We've all been on that tour of the local startup that is showing you around their office pointing out all the amenities. Over there, that's our foosball table. You notice no one is playing it, and the table and players all look very new and haven't seen much action. <laughs> you get down to the interview, and at the end, they ask you if you have any questions for them. What is the company culture like, you ask, to which they respond, did Derek show you our foosball table? <laughs> My question is, what are the ways to ask this question without actually asking it? No one will respond to a direct inquiry saying, culture, our culture is pretty garbage. You actually probably don't want to work here at all, if I'm honest. <laughs> I've yet to find a good way to ask this question and wondering if you have any suggestions here. Love the show. Keep up the good work. How's your culture? Uh, not great. How about your company? Is your company culture good? Are you guys hiring? <laughs> <laughs> that has to happen in interviews at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some desperate interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> reverse interviewing. <laughs> I've worked at a startup. I've worked at a few startups, and they've all had foosball tables. So Ooh. dead on with that stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> foosball is definitely the worst table sport to have in an office because it's by far the loudest. Like oh. when, the, when the balls bang around, they echo like it's like a snare drum just slamming into the goal. I guess mm -hmm. if you never score, then it's less loud. <laughs> and everyone yells every time they score. It's, yeah, it's the worst. And yet it's obviously the best because startups wouldn't do it if it weren't amazing for the culture. It's true. Uh, I guess it did. I mean, I didn't know it was there before I started, but I still worked there. So I guess it couldn't <laughs> have been that bad. <laughs> yeah, this is a good question. How do you find out company culture when interviewing? And that's a really important question because that affects a lot of your life after you work there. By definition. In fact, it affects everything you do. And that was a little tee up for you, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> is the tee up to say what is culture? The tee up is I use the word definition. 
Oh, the def. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we did the thing that you do where you Google and find a definition. And one that I found was culture is the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. And there's some etymology. Etymology is the one that's not bugs, right? Yeah, that's entomology. Okay, got it. The etymology, <laughs> it comes from Latin cultura, growing cultivation. So the word is based around like cultivating plots of land and soil and stuff. Mm. And the thing we figured out when we were talking about this before the show is it feels like something that is described rather than prescribed, where you were talking about what has evolved not making a big PowerPoint that says like our culture is we strategize effectively and never quit and always achieve and never surrender. And I don't know, whatever dumb business phrases you want to use. We actualize shareholder value yeah. every day. <laughs> and don't forget my favorite. We work hard, but we play harder. Yeah. That's like putting in your Tinder bio. I am a dog lover. It's just like <laughs> vapid and meaningless. Like who, <laughs> I don't know. doesn't tell you much about them. Although I guess it does. It tells you they love dogs. It tells you that they think that is, <laughs> yeah, but everyone loves dogs. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> I would swipe whatever the other way is on you. <laughs> I don't, I haven't used Tinder. <laughs> the bad way. I would swipe the bad way on you, you non-dog lover. So how do you, how do you discover it? How do you discover the culture without asking what's your culture? Because that question is just like an open door for them to market whatever they want at you. I think that question works too. Like what's your culture? I guess it tells you if they know what culture means. (laughs) I think it does. And I think it tells you if they have at least thought about it. Yeah. Like it tells you how deliberate they are about their culture. Oh, I want to go to your definition though, because I read what was on the dictionary, but I feel like you had a pretty good one too for what company culture is. A company's culture is the set of behaviors that demonstrate what the company values. What do you mean? I mean, if something is important to the company, that will manifest itself through behaviors of the employees. So like, for example, if if sales is like very, very important, closing deals is very important to the company, then it works backwards from what you might expect. It's not where the CEO stands up and says, sales is very important to us. You have to look at the behavior of the employees. And if you see a bunch of engineers rallying around salespeople to try to close deals or support staff or you know all these other people, and they're all focused on sales, then you know that sales is an important part of this company's culture, right? A shorthand for that is the sales gong that you look for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. So it's it's what's there not what people say is there that's right it's the behaviors the culture is manifest in behaviors that's kind of encouraging because i feel like it's easier to change behaviors as an individual by just behaving a little differently than it is to come in and say like hey ceo uh i disagree with your definition of the culture and why don't you just do it my way you can just do it your way instead yeah and and there's going to be some boundaries there that some things might or might not work but you have the ability to nudge it by just if, if you want it to be a very welcoming and friendly culture, you just start complimenting people, you know, and then that happens. I think you're saying, Jameson, be the change that you want to see in the world. Uh, yeah, be be the culture that you want to be exist in the Petri dish. Be, um, <laughs> be the culture that you want to see on the PowerPoint slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just really love synergy... <laughs> then synergize, you know, and then synergy will become part of your culture. You got you got this. Go forth and synergize. Yeah. So 
There's a quote that is loosely attributed to Peter Drucker, who is a famous management thinker that goes, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I'm trying to figure out how it applies to this question. They bought a bunch of foosball tables, but their culture isn't to actually play them. So they're going to lose at foosball, I think is the message I'm getting here. (laughs) (laughs) At the corporate foosball Olympics. Yeah, their sponsorship dollars to enter the tournament will be wasted because they will not come up on top. (laughs) I'm trying to think through the cultures, how I would describe them at, at places I worked. Wouldn't it be great if we had names like we have for design patterns? You know, design patterns are these complicated interactions in software that we put a single name on that we can refer to. But wouldn't it be cool if we had like a dozen different cultures that we could just name? We probably do. I mean, there's probably, I'm, I'm going to take off the probably. There's someone who's an expert in this, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. a field of study that we just don't know about because it's not space tech anthropology, That's right. <laughs> which is the one that we know about. It's regular tech anthropology. Yeah. But now I should go Google this after this question. I guess we're wandering far afield of the question, which is how do you find out what the cultures are? Right. <laughs> True. Well, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask during interviews to try to ferret out what the culture is? Yeah, beyond the obvious one of what is the culture, I think <laughs> asking about what success looks like at the company and what failure looks like is helpful because that tells you what people do that is seen as valuable or not valuable. Yep. Asking who who has been promoted recently, I think that's very helpful as a, as a specific tactic to look into what success looks like. Because success, that's a very general term, and they could just say, oh, work hard, but play hard. But if you say, yeah. like, who got promoted and why, there's some reason. And if the reason is they're, they brought everyone cookies, then you know it's a, it's a sugar-based culture. <laughs> it's, it's a sugar-driven culture. <laughs> sugar-driven culture, yeah, cookie-driven development. <laughs> if it's the arrogant jerk that just, like, blasts everybody in meetings, then... You know, it's a, you're you're there to climb a throne of skulls, uh, and that's good to know. <laughs> the post-apocalyptic culture—that's probably one of those terms that you were alluding to earlier. <laughs> that's that's right. probably one of the archetypes. That's right. Post-apocalyptic. The slash and burn culture. The slash and burn culture. I have no more questions in my head right now, but there are other ones, and you're going to tell me what they are right now. <laughs> okay. I like that you opened with the most general one because I think it can be telling when you say when you ask what's your culture and where do they go. You know, they, 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 they say it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <laughs> and again, you know, going back to the question, Esker, if they point you at the foosball table, then you're like, OK, these people either have not thought about culture at all or have a completely different idea <laughs> from me about what culture means. So I like yeah. to get I like to get specific. I think your question about what does success look like is super good. Who got promoted most recently and what did they do to, to deserve it? So, so valuable. And related to that, I would say, tell me about your performance appraisal system. What do you rank people on? beauty (laughs) (laughs) just an instagram influencer driven culture at this tech company (laughs) yep as your follower count rises the number of people you need to approve your poll request goes down (laughs) (laughs) it's an inverse relationship with followers yeah yeah once you get above twenty thousand, then you can just commit straight to master yeah straight to production (laughs) bypass all tests (laughs) yep (laughs) and sell some diet tea (laughs) Um, another one you could ask is, how do priorities get set? And this will tell you if the prioritization is top-down or bottom-up or some mix of the two. That's part of culture. You know, choosing how engineers spend mm. their time is an element of culture that most engineers, I think, are pretty interested in. Yeah. What about, I mean, so that gets to some of the kind of pragmatic everyday things. But there's something that I don't have a word for that's just how do people interact and, and work together and what are... Mm-hmm. What are the patterns that you see there? How would you mm. ask about that? Like, for example, 
some some places are very straightforward and, and maybe tend towards bluntness and some places are very mm. nice but there might be some some passive aggressivity there you know mm-hmm. like there's there's a spectrum there and there's a bunch of different spectrums as well on other axes of communication or interaction or yeah there's no more there's not a third thing those are the two things communication or interaction <laughs> <laughs> but how do you how do you get at those things I think those are harder to ask about, but you might be able to back into it by saying if there are multiple teams in the company of engineers, you could say, how do the teams communicate with one another? Do the engineers go straight to each other on the on the ground or do they pass it through, you know, official channels up and then down the org chart? Mm-hmm. And that, that might not get at whether you're a, uh, you know, hospitality friendly oriented culture versus a in your face you know, say it like it is culture, but it'll at least tell you a little bit about the official communication channels. I think another interesting question is to ask what, have you heard about the phrase culture ad instead of culture fit? Culture ad? No, I, it sounds interesting. So there's, there's this idea about hire people who fit into your culture and it's been criticized a little bit as producing pretty homogenous cultures yeah. where if your first three hires are all people that love craft beer then it turns out liking craft beer helps you get a job at that company forever, you know? Right, because it fits not really a, Yeah, and, and you have something in common. You can say, like, check out this. I don't know anything about craft beer. Literally, literally nothing. <laughs> check out this reverse double kickflip pale ale I made or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I that. think that's one. Yeah. <laughs> but the the phrase culture ad is saying uh, when you when you hire people, they bring something unique and you want to you want to hire people that will add something valuable to the culture not oh. just share the same hobbies and interests and communication styles and preferences as people that are already there. Oh, that's cool. So, I feel like you could ask something like that and say, "Where do you feel like you need to improve?" Oh, yeah. What are your what are your culture gaps? Yeah. And then you could identify if that's something you you want to work on and help fix or if they have no idea, that's another signal too. Yeah, that's going to be like, like, no, everyone everyone here likes craft beer, so <laughs> we don't have any gaps. <laughs> we already filled the only gap. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we have our core unifying principle. <laughs> wait, wait. On the other hand, are you into triple kickflip pale ales? Because if you are, that's a gap we need filled. <laughs> no one has achieved the fabled 1080 underflip. <laughs> pale ale <laughs> so yeah i like i like how you're kind of hinting at this idea of uncovering the negative aspects of a company's culture you gotta find that because that's not going to show up on a powerpoint but it's there like <laughs> yeah there are there are trade-offs if you are facebook and say move fast and break things that's been misinterpreted and correctly interpreted a bunch of different ways but there's there's definitely a trade-off there and you want to identify if that's a thing you like if you like I don't know, uh, causing small fires to prevent bigger ones. That's, mm-hmm. or, or if you, if you, if you really value stability and correctness and, yeah, and yeah. always being right, I guess. Yeah. That might clash with you. This is an area of culture that I have not explored in an interview, but it occurs to me that a really interesting question to ask that I'm not sure I would have the gumption to actually ask is tell me about the most toxic thing that has happened on your team and how did you deal with it? Hmm. Do, do you think you would actually answer that honestly as a manager who's hiring? I think I indirectly answer that question when I'm hiring. When people ask about what our values are on a team, I have I have stories about how we've acted to promote those values and enforce them. And some of those stories involve <laughs> dealing with uh, very toxic events. Yeah, that's cool. But But I tell it because it's like a, 
success story. <laughs> but if it was like, yeah, the other day, uh, this horrible thing happened, then I certainly would not feel comfortable bringing that up, especially because yeah. it puts us in a real bad light. Yeah, yeah. But every company's got them, right? And wouldn't it be great to know, like, what is the extreme bad at this company already? Yeah, everyone has everyone has landmines. And some of them are things you would probably be able to deal with. And some of them are things that would really just make you sad. If I were good at this, I would try to discover what the landmines were before I joined a company. Things that are going to cause me stress several months into the job. I haven't done this ever. But Dave, you always talk about interviewing frequently as good advice. Yeah. And one of the nice things about that is you get to try stuff like this. You could ask, <laughs> oh, yeah. what's a toxic thing? You know, like, yeah. and, and if it blows up and causes a really bad interview, you're like, eh, good thing I didn't really want that job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good thing I'm, I'm casually interviewing. You and know, if like, you interview enough, you can do A-B tests and actually get statistical significance on these questions. <laughs> <laughs> if I wear a pink shirt instead of a purple shirt. <laughs> How does that affect my offer? Yes. So have we answered the question? Yeah, I think so. Good luck. This is a hard nut to crack, I think. How did we forget the ball pit? <laughs> like foosball tables, bad. Ball pit is good, right? <laughs> Isn't that the equation for company culture? Yeah. <laughs> the ball pit arms race is nothing but good. Yeah, a foosball table reflects an immature, childish <laughs> culture. A ball pit reflects a culture of great wisdom and respect and esteem <laughs> where all can yes. thrive. Yes. <laughs> Clearly. All right. Well, problem solved. Okay, great. <laughs> all, right. all right. Do you want to read our next question? Sure. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, I have been lucky to have leadership opportunities in the past where I was responsible for the career growth, engagement, mentoring of a handful of team members. I recently started a new job where I am outranked by a recently promoted employee who is brilliant but lacks some leadership qualities. To make things more awkward, this person does not take feedback well. However, I think I may be able to provide some feedback to help this person grow as a leader. Have you ever been in a similar situation? How would you approach this? Yes, and what I did was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was in a, a very similar situation and I literally did nothing and then was filled with regret. So that's my advice. Okay. <laughs> Do nothing now, but next time you'll be in a better position to handle this. It's always next time. Even next time there's <laughs> going to be a next time. Yeah, there's a couple tries to get it right. Is that what you're saying? This will surely occur again? <laughs> I'm saying there are as many tries as you want. Oh. N minus one. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that until I you just barely read this, but I am bad because I was literally in this exact same position. I can tell you what I didn't do. Okay. <laughs> which was give them any feedback. Okay. <laughs> I just got grumpy and I, I complained to my wife about them. Oh, all right. Well, now now you're on track. Yeah, try complaining to a trusted family member, <laughs> life partner you might have. That didn't help resolve their problems, though. Okay. And hmm. then you eventually left the company. No, they did. Perfect. <laughs> See, it worked. I outlasted them. <laughs> Man, who knows? I mean, if you had given them feedback, they may have stayed longer. You could have. That's true. You could have saved yourself. I mean, maybe you did the exact. Maybe right that thing. would have been worse, though. <laughs> I could talk about what I what I would do with the benefit of hindsight, but I want to hear what your smart ideas are. Well, first of all, I've never been in a position with someone who I thought was more brilliant than me, so. <laughs> i can't really relate to this <laughs> the only recently promoted employees who outrank you you know are idiots <laughs> for those of you who may be new around here that's what we call a joke 
along with ninety eight percent of everything else we say. Yeah, I will say that it's it's funny how if this person clearly ha- they have a according to the question asker they have a track record of not taking feedback well, and I have noticed that people who don't take feedback well get a lot less feedback. And mm. there's an interesting meta feedback loop <laughs> where if you don't take feedback, then you get less feedback, and then you get less good at taking feedback. Boy, mm. that is so meta. And so, yeah, it makes sense that they don't have a lot of practice receiving feedback. It's like the Iocane powder in Princess Bride. Is that what you're saying? Where you need to slowly dose them <laughs> yes. with low levels of poisonous feedback until they can just take... <laughs> Any amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think they're right, though. I do think you have to... If someone is not accustomed to receiving feedback or has a history of re- receiving it poorly, you have to dose it out to them slowly. So of all the time you spend with them, you probably want to do like a 90-10 rule, or if not 99-1, where 99% of the time you're just talking about other things, listening and whatnot. So they know, and they build trust with you, and they know that you have their best interest at heart. And then when the time is right, and I really do think you have to wait for the time is right, which means they're in a state to receive it, uh, you can dose it out and try to give it. I mean, that's really hard. It's really hard to kind of hold your tongue and just wait for that moment. And yeah. that's why I recommend practicing fishing. You just sit there, <laughs> wait for the fish to bite. <laughs> and contemplate. Yep. If I went fishing, I would just get lost in remembering all the stupid things I've said in my life and <laughs> just curl up in a ball of anxiety. That's why I play video games, because they distract my mind oh, <laughs> instead yeah. of leave me to contemplate. Hmm. No time to think about that stupid thing you said when you were 14 if you're dodging the bad guys. Yeah, there's a lot more truth to what you just said than I think is apparent on the surface <laughs> for everyone. This is this is hard mode of feedback. So giving feedback is hard in general. Giving feedback to peers is, is hard. Giving feedback if you are a manager or a position like a, a supervisor, giving feedback to people that report to you is very hard. And giving feedback to someone who technically outranks you, who does not receive feedback well, this is this Extreme. is expert mode. Yeah, yeah. you are expert feedback mode. Hardest mode. Yeah. So you good good news. You have these leadership and oper- and and career growth and mentoring skills. Now you get to use them because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in the difficult part. I, I want to go back to the thing you said, Dave, which is the ninety ten rule. And when we talk about feedback, it's often a shorthand for telling people things that they're doing wrong or need to do better. But I think you identified something interesting there, which is that. Feedback is just feedback. It's 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 neutral. And when we focus on the negative stuff, we do a disservice to people mm. of not recognizing the things that they do well. Yes. And there's some research that I read once that I don't know the citation for, which is definitely true, um, <laughs> that, that uh, people respond better to constructive criticism when they've been given a, a, a much larger ratio of recognition and, and positive acknowledgement. I think the number that was in there is like six to one, oh. six, six compliments or, or nice things that they do well to one thing that they don't do well or need to change. Um, that's not quite the 90-10 thing you said, but there's, there's some evidence for that that I read once that I, I swear exists. The other thing is the compliments have to be as good as the constructive criticism. You can't say, Hey, I like your shoes. Right. <laughs> and the tone of your voice is soothing. And by the way, here's this four-page write-up of the way that you're failing your team. Like, it's pretty clear then that you're just tossing out 
compliments to disguise the bad thing that you really want to say. You have to demonstrate right. that you care just as much about what is going great and what is good as you do about changing this behavior that you feel like is causing them harm. That's right. And and I think that means you need to know this person pretty well and, and have a relationship with them because yeah. you need to be able to constructively deliver this praise. And praise can be awkward too. Oh, yeah, but I love giving praise. I do it all the time. Tons of practice, hand it out like candy, and I mean it. I don't know. It's it's a 100 times easier for me to hand out praise than it is to hand out constructive criticism. Are you the person that talked about a compliment budget? Did I hear that from you? Probably not. There's no budgets on my compliments, Jameson. Well, that was the that's the point of it. <laughs> oh, okay. there's, you haven't used your compliment budget yet. Okay. Like we have these equipment budgets or training budgets or whatever. And, oh, no, and no, no. Saying like, hey, don't you're not going to run out of nice things to say about. People. I have a compliment quota, the ah. minimum number of compliments that must be given. So giving sincere praise to develop a relationship that you have enough trust to be able to deliver this negative feedback, I think is is one solution to that or one one that's kind of the gist of what we're getting at yes and if you can't think of any praise to give to this person you're probably not in a position where you should be considering giving them feedback because it Mm. means you don't understand them well enough i i think they have some though the question asker said that they're technically brilliant oh there you go you could use that word recently promoted in play who's brilliant (laughs) you are technically brilliant however (laughs) 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 they didn't say technically brilliant they just said brilliant oh man no qualifications at all you are just plain brilliant yeah overall brilliant by the way i feel like this is one of those moments that we should probably call out more often where there are exceptions to this rule you know for example if Mm. your feedback is like this person is harassing me (laughs) you know yeah you don't have to come up with six compliments first (laughs) yeah that's that's very true (laughs) yeah if there's abuse or yeah (laughs) so the there's probably there probably needs to be a caveat section on every episode like that. <laughs> Listen, you close deals really well. Five other things. Please stop doing insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But remember all these things I appreciate about you. <laughs> exactly. Request that you don't go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So anyway, but but setting that aside, I just wanted to say that Jameson, I I really appreciate your insights on, <laughs> on this show. Uh oh. And <laughs> uh oh. Here it comes. And and see that that was a little role play for you. And and what's funny is because I think sometimes if you do don't give enough compliments outside of these feedback constructive criticism feedback sessions, then people yep. might grow accustomed like Pavlov's dog. Be like every time Dave says something nice to me, it means he's, <laughs> he's about to hit me over the head with some negative feedback. Yeah, is that the crap sandwich you're talking That's about? That's exactly what I was thinking about. And you know, I'm familiar with the crap sandwich. You're familiar with the crap sandwich. But for those that aren't, the idea is you have this delicious sandwich. It looks delicious on the outside. You start with a loaf of delicious bread or a slice of delicious bread. Then you fill it with crap. <laughs> and then you have another delicious <laughs> slice of bread on the other side. And I'm telling you, managers and informed folks the world around have seen this pattern and they know how trite it is. And I once had a manager do this to me and I just said, Hey, you're crap sandwiching me, buddy. Let's just get, let's just get to the feedback, you know? Yeah. And they were like, okay. So if, if you give feedback in such a way that it looks and is apparent that it's a crap sandwich, then you're probably doing it wrong. And it means you haven't built a relationship to earn the right to give feedback to this person. Yeah. It's, it's very comfortable to the giver though. It makes it makes you feel better as you're delivering it because yeah. you're like I'm not hurting them as much. Yeah, like, and you have a I'm, pattern. I'm proving I'm proving I still like them, but 
yeah, it does does make you feel real bad as the receiver. Yeah. <laughs> so the person doesn't take feedback well. I wonder how how the culture is around feedback and on the team or at the company in general. Because one longer solution is to try and create a culture of giving and receiving feedback generally. True. And then you kind of solve the problem broadly. That's the long the long play. Yeah, that's the long play. But if if you make it clear that, hey, this is a culture where people give feedback to each other and it doesn't matter that you outrank me, like that if we see things we think can be improved, we just talk about it and we do it openly and, and mm-hmm. candidly and honestly. One way, so there's this book called Radical Candor that's really good. And one of the approaches they suggest is start by receiving feedback and, and getting feedback to make it clear that this is a normal, healthy thing that you value and it's not an attack. And it's hard to be the person who says, hey, I want to do a feedback. I, I want to I give more feedback. So you, here's this thing I didn't like. But it's much easier to say, hey, I'm interested in, in receiving more feedback myself. And then you model what it's like to receive it. Oh, that's a great idea. Especially in this situation, if this person is truly very smart and observant and, quote, brilliant, as as stated, then they probably do have some feedback for you. And wouldn't it be great to show them what it looks like to receive feedback and act on it? You want to make it a quid pro quo thing where you receive feedback and then you get like a feedback credit to give them. But that could feel very <laughs> transactional and yeah. insincere if done the wrong way. If you just say, hey, do you have any feedback for me? And they're like, eh, not really. And then you say, oh, great. I have some for you. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> Please stop insulting people in your standups yeah. or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> So I think the underlying thing is there needs to be some kind of relationship between you to make this easier to deliver or it's just going to be rough. And you can do it if it's going to be rough. But if you want it to go well, I think you have to develop a relationship with them. Definitely. That's 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 the root of the like giving constructive or giving compliments, sincere compliments. That's helping you build a relationship. That's right. Helping them trust you and know like, oh, this person knows me and they recognize things I'm good at. They're not just attacking me. Yes. Totally agree. I also add that if they don't have a practice of receiving feedback well, then subtlety might not work on them. And I can give you an mm. example of this from my personal life, which mm-hmm. is at my last company, I had a, a CTO who wanted to give me some feedback. And the the background was that I was not exhibiting the best teamwork because I was saying negative things about our CTO, not like criticizing them as a person, but I was undercutting some of their decisions and questioning their assertions while they weren't there to defend themselves. And so as a result, I think the team kind of fractured a little bit and they were like, well, do we, do we follow Dave or do we follow the CTO? And it created a little bit of a problem. So my CTO sat me down for some feedback and he told me the story of when he was a young, ambitious, you know, skilled software engineer and how he had gotten some feedback from his leadership that he was undercutting leadership through his commentary about them. And I, at the time, I thought to myself, yeah, that sounds like pretty good feedback <laughs> <laughs> for you. I'm so glad it worked out for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm really glad you had a manager who cared about you and gave you that feedback. And then like three days later, I woke up in a cold sweat like, oh, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was for me. So, And I pride myself on receiving feedback well. But I think when people are subtle, I, I am not skilled at reading between the lines. And I really just prefer it if they come right out and say, Dave, you're terrible at X. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I can work on this, you know? Yeah. But if it's like this story where I'm actually part of a metaphor, <laughs> I might I, I might not get it. <laughs> and that may be the case here. <laughs> yeah. Ask you to write an essay about 
the interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> so the more the moral of the story, though, is that you, you can start subtle, but you might have to go past subtle. Yeah, that you have to be clear and direct, and that is kind of at odds with this this friction around they don't receive feedback well, and so yeah, I think one solution might be well, I'll just hint at it. Yeah. And hints are generally, <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not well taken. I think they they also feel a little passive aggressive too. I feel like I would much rather say some have someone say to me, "Hey, I think you're doing this thing wrong," than say, "What would they even say that's really passive aggressive?" Uh, how about a story about an animal or something? <laughs> yeah, the the scorpion and the frog yeah. crossing the river. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, being clear and direct is generally a good thing in feedback. But, you know, yes and no, though, because I feel like when people are subtle with me, even though I don't always get the message, it does sink in deeper when I do, and I internalize it more, I think. So you're saying you're saying it worked, where if your CTO had said, Dave, stop undercutting me, yeah, like you I, wouldn't have woken up three days later and said, <laughs> that was about me. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm still talking about it today, so it had some impact. That's true, yeah. But but at the same time, you're counting on a lot of strokes of insight yeah, it's true. on the part of the other person. It is not very deterministic. I'll say that. It's much easier to offer solutions to problems than to say, "Hey, you're doing this thing wrong." So okay. this is also a twist on the developer relationship with this person thing. But if if you can help them recognize this problem that you're seeing on your team is a result of this behavior, that's a lot easier conversation to have than to say, "Hey, this behavior you're doing is wrong." And it's it's just a different conversation to to solve a problem together collaboratively than yeah. to kind of drop this bad grade on them, you know. Like to just throw the problem on them and be like, "Good luck." Yeah, with and that. say, "Hey, I I do this right, and you do it wrong." If if you can instead, I don't know how you do that. Kind of ask them how you think their team is doing, or ask them what you think the problems are, or, or help them identify the problem and offer a solution. That's just a much more comfortable conversation. Another thing you could do is you could kind of bubble the feedback up and let someone else deliver it. That's tricky because it can get weird and political if done poorly, but it is a way to work around the awkwardness of they technically outrank you. And it's very possible that your manager recognizes this and knows about it too. Um, and, and more data points might help them kind of get over the hump to address it. All right. Well, you said you had two things. That means you think it's bad advice. <laughs> Those are my two things. Okay. Those are my things. I have no more things. All the things are given? Yes. Great. I think they're good things. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. It's good feedback for you. Yeah. Five stars. All right. You have one credit to criticize me. Yeah. <laughs> well, have we answered the question? Yep. I think so. Good luck with this and uh, let us know how it goes. Please do. And if anyone else wants to ask a question, they can go to softskills.audio and click ask us a question. You can click support us on Patreon. If you like the show, please share it with friends and uh, follow us on Twitter for show announcements and occasional other things as well. Thank you very much for listening. We